0: Live on 1611am SEN Top End and the SEN app. Welcome to Fridays at the Top End with Jackson Clark and Raf Clark for breakfast. Powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors and land pride attachments.
1: Welcome back to SEN Fridays in the Top End, 1611am breakfast powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors and land pride attachments. This is Jacko Clark and you are joined by Nico Riley as we await for... Potentially Ralph Clark's arrival this morning, but we are hoping to be joined by Southern District Premier League coach Shannon Ruska. Shannon, do we have you on this morning?
2: Yeah, you do. Good morning, Jacko. Good morning, Nico.
1: Good morning, mate. Uh, I think Nico's going to do some producing duties at the moment, so it might just be me uh, this morning, Shannon. But firstly, congratulations on the win last weekend. Before we talk about last week's result and and this week, were you disappointed with the fourth-placed finish? Obviously, you were in that top three for the majority of the season, but then that last uh, final-round win by Waratah shifted things a little bit. Were you disappointed to find yourself in fourth position?
2: Well... In, in a nutshell, yes. You uh, you play the season to give yourself that double chance. And unfortunately, the top four sides and top five sides were very good this season. And it was a, always jostling for positions. And we found ourselves in that unlucky elimination bout. But um, that's the way the cards played. And we just got to play them
1: exactly right a good win last week you sort of put any distraction behind and and got the job done against pint And, and i think pleasing to you is you started so well got that sort of 26 point advantage by half time and were able to maintain that for the rest of the game jai bolton and Jed anderson they speak for themselves two of the absolute top line players in the competition but a player that's impressed me in recent weeks has been uh dylan barry he's kicked 11 goals in his last three games what has he been bringing to this team
2: Dylan's been a good player over many years obviously from Alice Springs and he's relocated to Darwin so it's been his consistency and his ability to be training with the group that's producing that consistent um, output on the field and he's been, his tackle pressure and his physical pressure around the ball uh, is very good but he also is very clever at seeing where the space is behind the play so Dylan's got a very rounded game where he can play inside outside and hit the scoreboard when it matters so been awesome for for Southern District this season and uh, you know you name the big names that played very well last week but you know it is the, the 22 players and the outside players are also playing their role and that's what makes the team at the end of the day
1: speaking of Jed Anderson he just looks like a player that's brought so much to your football club I know he was crowned the best and fairest winner a fortnight ago and obviously as a buffs man Shannon he's been around the club a lot uh, over the last sort of decade, in between his, in, you know, while he's doing his AFL preseason. So he's a player, uh, at least when he goes at, to the Buffaloes, or at least when he was there, um, conducts himself just to the highest standard. And I can't imagine anything's changed now that he's at the Croc. So can you tell us about what Jed Anderson has brought to the football club this year? Professionalism.
2: He's very professional, mm. as, as what you'd expect from someone that's played at the highest level for 10 or 14 odd years that he was there. Um, that oozes out of him. But once he's there, Everybody wants to, you know, grow a level. And that's just natural to be around a player of Jed's calibre. And, you know, Jed, we've just asked Jed to play footy. We didn't ask Jed to do anything other than play and put a smile on his face, and that's infectious. And then the players around him, obviously Jed's commitment at the footy and he straight lines the ball and he's contested beats. Um, everyone just gets on the, on the bus with him. And then, you know, it's natural for him to do those type of acts. So... It's no different. We haven't asked him to do anything special, just be happy and be excited to play the game again.
1: How have you found having a player like Wyatt Ryan at your disposal this year? Obviously, when you've got Matt Dennis, who's been the best Ruckman in the competition, perhaps ever, Shannon, perhaps the best Ruckman we've ever seen in the NTFL competition. But now that you've got Wyatt Ryan, who's also a highly credentialed player in his own right, has it allowed more flexibility in the big man department? Definitely. It uh great
2: to have that flexibility, have the two two big men. You know, Matty wasn't going to play as many games as the previous season, so we knew we had to find a Ruckman to be able to, you know, give our midfielders great use and give them a little bit of an advantage. So we went looking for a Ruckman and, and White popped up and he's been a colossus in there. He's a big body. He's still only a young man. He's still twenty one or twenty two. So he's got a lot of footy in front of him. But it had allowed Matty to, you know, go forward and spend some time forward and Look after his body for all the travel, and you know, I think he, I think he plays nearly 100 games. He'd be the first, you know, that's a, a pretty big feat to be a flying player to play 100 games. That's a lot of commitment. So being able to give Matt those opportunities to have a break at different stages has been wonderful. And you know, White's just as damaging in the middle. So we we don't we don't mind who's in the middle or who's rocking between Matt and White. We both believe they give us um, different dimensions, but give us great service.
1: What do you think the keys to victory are this week, Shannon? Obviously, I don't expect as a, as a coach to give all the intricate little details and in the ins and outs, but as a, in a broader sense, what do you think the keys to victory are this week? It's been an interesting background with Waratah this season. Obviously, you played in the season opener um, and, and was smashed by 88 points, but, but as we know, you know in October, things, things change very, very quickly in the NTFL. And the last time uh, you met, Waratah got a nine-point win at their home deck at Gardens Oval. So you've got that recent winning form over Waratah. What have you been focusing on at training?
2: So in terms of training, we've just been going about our own, our own business and making sure we, we can tidy up areas where we've been deficient in. And I thought you know, I think we've been doing that relatively well. And then we come up against Waratah, you know, it's the last year's grand final rematch. We understood the, the smashing that we got in round one and what we had to go back to the drawing board to fix. We got that, you know, semi-right when we played them pre-Christmas. We know that they're a different side to pre-Christmas. We know that they've got some very handy footballers. Last week, they got off to a flying start, just to be overrun in the last few minutes of the game. But Kirby, we thought, was was sensational, just being that link runner that they, you know, that they need. And we thought Dylan Collis was you know, a fantastic player off half back. And uh, as all captains do, they stand up when it was time to stand up, and he'd done that. And, and you know, they've got really good footballers like Ryan Clark and Ed and They've got a very well-rounded game. Scooter Carlin's in in great condition. So we know that we're going to be in for a tough four quarters. We're not under any illusion. We know that it's going to be a fast, intensive, pace type of game from the get-go. So we're looking forward to starting fast and just matching them with them in those departments so we can give ourselves a good shot.
1: Shannon, you've coached at Man's Premier League level for over a decade now, so you've got a really good gauge on, on a playing group and, and their belief. And obviously it's one week at a time and you need to get over Waratah and then, and then the following week. But do you still feel that that belief is amongst the group that you are as good as any team in the competition and can go all the way?
2: Yeah, definitely. And that's that's why we play the game. You've got to play to play finals. And this group, you know, do believe without being arrogant, they do believe that they can make it to the final dance. and But they know that they've got, you know, obstacles in front of them. And they knew... Once they're in the elimination bout, they had to win three games on, on the trot to give themselves a, a shot at the final game. And you know, it's one game at a time. It's pretty cliche, but they are preparing in that manner. And they know that they, you've got to have belief. And if you don't have belief or if you don't have that care or harmonisation amongst your group, you probably don't make it this far in reality to the final. So you know, they're confident, but they're not overconfident and they do respect their opponents, which is very pleasing.
1: And last one from me, Shannon, obviously. Feel free to sit on the fence here. It's a bit of a bit of a tough question, but who are you tipping in that last game between St. Mary's and Nycliffe, and will you be watching it, assuming you get the job done against Waratah? Will you be there with the notepad uh, having a look at those two teams?
2: Yeah, definitely. You know, when you're a mad footy head or a mad footy person, you always want to watch footy, regardless if you're playing them or you're not. So we'll definitely be there, you know, to if we win the game, there's more at stake. Our players you know, sat there and watched the game last week so they could uh, know who they were playing and what potential matchup they were playing on. So we'll do the same if we get through. Um, I think you know both sides deserve to be one and two. Like I said, the top five has been very close. And you know, at, at, this, at this stage, you'd have to stay same areas, finishing on top, having a bye.
3: Uh, Shan, excuse my uh, probably ignorance. I've sort of been out of the NTFL so say, uh, say- for, for, you know, a couple of years or whatever. But is this your first or second year back at the, the helm?
2: Second year back at the helm. Yeah, and, and uh, how, how you know. have, you
3: found, have you found it coming... Because you've obviously you had a bit of a break and then you've come back in. How have you found that coming back into the Southern Districts?
2: Uh, it, was, it was great. It was unexpected and, uh, you know, it was great. The club asked me to come back and fill some shoes after Matt had vacated the position and I just had to put some uh, measures in play that... Needed to be uh, adhered to before I'd committed, and the club done that in terms of just resourcing, having the right people around. Uh, it's a very tough job to coach at Premier League level, like most people would know. You need you need lots of hands, and you don't have those hands, and it becomes a very arduous path. Yeah, absolutely, mate. It's uh, you've, well,
3: you know, from the outset, and from from watching down here, and uh, you've done an outstanding job. Uh, good luck this weekend and uh, we'll
2: we'll hopefully talk to you next week with a win. That'll be the plan and, uh, you know, it's going to be close game no matter what and, you know, it's going to be a close final series and good luck to all, all the rest of the competitors still going.
3: Beautiful work, mate. There's uh, Shannon Ruska there on 1116 SEN. Uh, Jacko, great chat from, the, from a great man, isn't he?
1: Well, he's a guy that knows what it takes to win a premiership at NTFL level and, uh, you know, it's nothing against the the coaches that have been there and failed but when you talk to someone that's, that's got the job done and been there year after year um, at a successful football club over the past decade then yeah you do get some great insights uh, so look it's going to be a really good game tomorrow night Southern Districts and Waratahs tomorrow afternoon rather uh, interesting that he's pinpointed Arnold Kirby as one to watch obviously uh, that's going to be a tremendous battle obviously games aren't always won and lost in the ruck you know sometimes it can be a bit of a not insignificant position but, but not the sort of main focus on the ground where tomorrow it will be, I think. Wyatt, Ryan uh, and Matt Dennis, that duo, is the best in the competition. And then you've got Arnold Kirby who, behind those two footballers, is probably the best ruckman in the competition. So, uh, it's going to be an intriguing battle. And obviously, both midfielders and and both midfields are stacked with uh, ex-AFL talent. You're talking about Ryan Clark for Waratah, Jed Anderson for Southern Districts. It's going to be a phenomenal game and it'll be really interesting to watch that uh, that ruck battle closely.
3: Absolutely, mate. Let's get to a quick break here on uh, Top End a breakfast Powered by Kubota take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors and land pride attachments.
0: You're listening to Fridays at the Top End with Jackson Clark and Raff Clark for breakfast. Powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors and land pride attachments. Raph Clark,
3: a massive out this morning. Nico Riley in for you. Jackson Clark up in the top end. Jacko, it's almost as I just got a text off uh, Raff saying that uh, one of his uh, job sites was, uh, well, I had a bit of a visitor overnight. So uh, anyway, that'll be interesting to say. I was just about to put the... The missing, you know, the missing person on the milk carton thing, out <laughs> in the top end on the on the iced coffee. Obviously, that's where it gets the most hits in the top end. But mate, before we, oh, well, let's you know, let's leave the the jokes alone because it's not that very funny. But uh, mate, the uh, seven plus, how good was this on the weekend uh, broadcast? Uh, an NTFL game. What'd you make of it?
1: I think it's great, Nico. I think that there's a huge opportunity for broadcasting up in the territory. I know that. I was speaking to a few years ago. I believe it was a representative from someone to do with Foxtel. And the talk then was, hey, there are some absolute footy nuts in the country and there's nothing to stop anyone from having like their AFL team. And then in the off season, they've got their NTFL team because not everyone wants to switch over and watch the cricket. I'm not a massive cricket guy. Uh, So in the AFL off season, I'd be a little bit lost without the NTFL. I'm so thankful that I've grown up in the Northern Territory. So it's always been footy all year round, but I have spent a summer down in Melbourne before while, uh, training at a footy club. And, uh, you know, you get bored. I mean, if you are a footy nut, footy nuffy, like, like I am, and, and I'm sure you are in a way, um, then it's just tricky sort of going six months without the game. So I know their plan then was that they wanted to grow the NTFL Australia wide and, and have everyone sort of keeping tabs on a top end team for the off season. And, and I think an extension to that is, is just providing more coverage. So it's great that seven plus has jumped on board. Um, because it's such a great competition, Nico. We have some amazing footballers up here. We have a plethora of ex-AFL talent. We've got exciting footballers over the years like Ross Tunga and Rupert Papungamiri and Ephraim Tippenwoody Woody and players like that that would become cult figures with a little bit more sort of coverage. So, um, yeah, I'm, I think I'm all for it, obviously. I think there's just winners all over the park uh, if, if we can grow this game um, up in the territory. So well done to 7+, well done for the NTFL for getting that sort of happening. Um, and hopefully it's a sign of things to come. I think that a big inclusion, uh, sorry, a big addition to the NTFL competition in recent years has been the stats. Uh, of night, night vision analysis do a great job there, but they're even branching into live stats as well. So the more coverage, the better, Nico, and I'm sure we're on the same page with that.
3: Yeah, absolutely, mate. I know don't, I don't, I don't, the 7-plus thing was... It was just easy. It was great to watch. Where sometimes you know, uh, you know, maybe this ruffles some feathers, but the NT News, nah,
0: the,
3: I don't. I don't think it's really worked. And I, you know, they might say that their subscriptions have gone up, but at the end of the day, Jack, it's, it's community footy. Like it should be accessible for all, don't you think?
1: Yeah, I agree. I think that. Look, you're right, it will ruffle a few feathers, Nico, but we're we're here to talk about it, we're here to speak openly, and, and no, the NTE News subscription hasn't worked, in my opinion. Their numbers might say a different story, or, or they might say it's worked from their end, but the amount of complaints that I've received, um, you know, the amount of, People that send messages to my football page, and and it will happen over the coming weeks as we hit the finals, saying, "Hey, how do I watch this game?" I reckon I would have referred. I'm look a bit arrogant here, a bit bit whatever, but I reserve to write the right to complain about the NT News Absolutely. because I have referred, I reckon, fifty to a hundred people each season over to the NT News subscription due to private messages that I get on my footy page saying, "Hey, how do we watch the football? How do I watch NTFL live?" I'm sending them the link. I'm saying, "Hey, you just got to download and you're going to get an NT News subscription." And I don't know how many people would have followed through. On, on that. So, yeah. I know back in the day when you could just access it by YouTube and, and you know watch it on the screen, um, that was a lot easier for me. And also, mate, I'm throwing it back on myself here. I'm a little <laughs> bit techno- technologically terrible oh. and, and I can't sort out – I don't have a HDMI and all that sort of stuff. I'd rather just go through the app, um, you know, the YouTube app on my computer – oh, sorry, on my smart TV and watch it that way. I can't be bothered fiddling around with cords no. and plugging the laptop in and, and getting that just to watch the TV, the NTFL coverage. So, look, good on the NT News, they've got to cut deals that, that suit them and, and AFL and T are uh, happy too. And the NT News have provided great coverage on the NTFL competition for 60, 70, 80 years. But um, yeah, when we talk about the moving forward in this realm, um, yeah, I'd like to see it go in a different direction.
3: It's, um, it's just funny because, you know, you pay, if you're paying for a service, right, say, you know, NT News might say, well, well you're, you're signing up for a subscription and that's our, our core business, which is fair enough. But there would be a hell of a lot of people that have signed up for an NT News subscription purely for the footy. And then some, so if you're, pa- if you're paying for the footy, I think you should get a pretty good, you know, you should get a pretty good service, and you know, it drops out, and it's not, you know, it's at the end of the day, it's community footy, and it, yeah, look, it does drop out, but you're still paying for it, which brings me to my next point. Like with Ko, uh, Jacko, I don't know if you have this problem, but plenty of plenty of uh, pals down here do. Is that you pay? And I nearly fell off my chair when Ko said they were upping upping a, the subscription from thirty bucks a month to thirty five. It drops out all the time. If there's a lot of people on it, it does that, you know, the buffering thing and it pauses yeah. and it jumps and starts. Don't put the price up <laughs> if it's going to just buffer. I You feel like calling it, like, the Buffer King or something. It's just ridiculous.
1: Yeah. The product has to come first and foremost, and exactly right. Whenever you're charging, and that's the nature of the business, but whenever you're charging people, um, you know, they reserve the right to complain and and pick out inconsistencies with it. So, I haven't had that issue too much with KO. I was stuck down in Victoria during the lockdown, so um, so KO was getting a fair old belting. Um, But, yeah, that was probably my only experience with with KO, and and it wasn't too bad. So. Uh. Um, but uh, exactly right, mate. And and, and the NT News—it's nothing. It's not like it's a bash fest against no, the NT News or anything not. like that. They provide good coverage. We've just spoken to Gray Morris about the top 100 list, and I love that sort of thing. But um, yeah, I agree. I think that when you can, when there's something to compare it with, when you can go and watch, um, say the Evans and Murray Grand Final and, mm. and different uh, places like that. There's different competitions that stream their games live, and a lot of it's free. So I think when you can compare it to those, um, it, it's always going to, yeah, it's a hide, they're on hiding to nothing, uh, the NT News, with, with that sort of side of things.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, hopefully, you know, hopefully it's a sign of things to come and hopefully, you know, seven, moving forward, seven go, well, all right, let's let's uh, let's broadcast a game a week or let's pick up all of them or even like chucking on KO so I can... And get another thing that frustrates me to to for it to buffer on is the the NTFL. Hey, mate, uh, plenty of uh, movement always this time of year with a lot of NTFL players making some moves down south. As I have a look, I we got about three minutes. Just what are some of the the names that are sort of heading south, and and where are they heading to?
1: Yeah, so obviously there's probably a hundred different names. The Cairns region has been a bit of a hotspot for territory footballers in recent times. Obviously Aaron Davies been up there and coached a few flags for the Cairns City Lions. And uh, a number of names have filtered through that team and, and higher quality players too, like your Jackson Calder and Jaden Magro and, and the list goes on of players that have played uh, for the Kansas City Lions. But, a couple of the ones that sort of stand out for me is Brayden McLean, who has recommitted to Western Region Football Club, Caroline Springs. They are a good team in, the in obviously, WRFL, but he found that link through Josh Cabillo, who's an absolute legend of local football in Victoria, and and he's a former Wanderers player as well. So Brayden McLean has brought his talents and his silky skills to the WRFL, and, and will recommit there. I spoke to him a couple of weeks ago about his journey down there, and he said it's like a second family. He said his only regret... Is is that uh, he wishes that he found the, pl- the place earlier. And it's a big commitment for Braden. He's got a partner and, and young kids, yeah. and he relocates down as well. So you see a lot of these players commit to flying in, um, but for him to sort of uproot his life twice now um, and, and bring bring the family down to Victoria, where let's face it, Nico, those winters can be a little bit unforgiving if you're a Territory kid. So um, he's done really well there, uh, Braden. And then, of course, the big one as well, Stephen Motlop has joined his former teammate, Nathan Vardy, at the Hampton Football League Club, North Warrnambool. So good standard of football in the Hampton Football League and uh, I imagine Stephen Motley will be a flying player there. So, two big recruits there, Nico.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Even that, that drive down Warnable way, like, I don't know how some of you fellas do it. Like, I've never, like, you know, good on you, fair bit of coin, you know, mm. that's involved in a problem. The coin helps. Oh, my word. But, I mean, think, think about, I, I hate the flight from Darwin to Melbourne. Like, mm, probably because probably I'm a bit of a tall unit too and I get jumpy legs and blah, blah, blah. But, that you know, Doing four hours on the flight down, by the time you, t- you, you, know, you put on an hour either side too, there's six hours gone, right? And then you've got to jump in the car and then head down to somewhere like Warrnambool or sometimes up the Murray. Some of the boys go up and play with uh, the Tin Man up uh, Swan Hill. Well, I don't know what club he plays for, but up that way. geez, I'll tell you what, it's a bloody fair hike for a game of
1: footy. Oh, yeah, for sure. I know Central Murray's a bit of a hot spot as well, sorry to use that word, twice, but uh, for territory footballers and that's not close to Melbourne. I know uh, Jared Stokes and Hassan Matt watkins from the Buffaloes were doing that last year and there were some games it was important for them to catch that flight, that Saturday flight back, so there were some games where they couldn't play because it was a difference between three and a half hours and four and a half hours. So, um, yeah, exactly, mate. It's a a huge workload on players and, and those who have young families and those that are entering their late 20s, early 30s, I don't know how they continue to do it.
3: All right, well let's get to the news and we'll be back with Tash Medbury here on uh, SEN Top End Breaking. <laughs>
4: Monique News with SEN News. The mother of murdered woman Celeste Mano has lashed out of Victoria's justice system, calling the sentence handed to her killer absolutely unbelievable. Russian President Vladimir Putin is threatening to use his country's nuclear arsenal if the West continues supporting Ukraine. More disruptions for regional airline passengers with more pilot strikes over pay and conditions. And it's the first day of autumn, but don't expect much reprieve just yet. The bomb forecasting temperatures to be above average for the season. SEN.com.au sport is next. Checking the AFL preseason results from overnight, the GWS Giants beat the Gold Coast Suns by 44 in Canberra while the Brisbane Lions had a 25-point win over the Swans in Sydney. And Salt Lake City has officially submitted its bid to host the 2034 Winter Olympics. Officials there calling it a monumental day. Checking the NT forecast, possible storms with heavy falls for Alice Springs, a top of 31 degrees. Darwin has showers, a possible storm with a top of 33. And the first test between Australia and New Zealand in Wellington continues today, live from 8.30am on your home of cricket, SEN.
3: Welcome back to Top End Breakfast on SEN with Nick O'Reilly and Jackson Clark. Jacko, uh, we were just talking off air then and having a bit of fun with it, but there's a there's a bit of a celebrity boxing match happening down at Gatherand, and and two greyhounds that stand out for me of course is nathan brown and kane corns talk me through it
1: yeah look i uh i love boxing i really do it's uh something that i enjoy i watch all the time i I jumped in the ring myself. I've got a zero and one record, and and with my concussion issues, mate, I've always I've always one of those people that had a chip on my shoulder. I wanted to rectify that. It was always, no, nah, I'm going to have that fight. I'm going to get that win back. But yeah. but gee, I don't know. I don't think my head can take a a flick now, let alone a punch. So um, I don't think that's going to happen. But in the meantime, I can be a I can be one of those guys who sit down with a beer and, and watch the fights and, and pretend they know everything. So um, yeah, Kane Corns and Nathan Brown. How's this one going to go? I think um, firstly, credit to anyone who hops into the ring. It's a it's oh, a very uh, scary thing to do it's a very sort of vulnerable thing to do to put yourself out there like that and um, well, under Cornsey, obviously they've got you know a lot of people in uh, in Australia would like to be in Nathan Brown's position <laughs> to be able to sort of lay a few on Cornsey. but I love the work that he does uh, in the media and, and I feel, you know full credit to, to him for jumping in here I think gee I don't know I'll give give Nathan Brown the advantage here I suppose I um, Corn said yeah, well, Corn said he hasn't hopped in the ring since uh, Mark Williams made him do it after a couple of bad losses for the power. So, uh, yeah, who knows? Corns is fit and, and he's dedicated and determined. And one of those guys where when he sets his mind to something, he does it very well. So, look, I don't know. I'm, I'm tipping Brown in this one, but but where, where do you see it going?
3: Oh, I, I, I see it the other way. I think, um, you know, Kornsey with that all that marathon work is the grit and determination. Uh, where then on the flip side, I saw uh, on the social media over... Uh, you know the Christmas sort of the period. Nathan Brown over in New York with like some sort of skivvy sort of vibe on, and this like, gold chain. I was just uh, just thinking.
1: But to surely myself, he'd have the size advantage, wouldn't he, Brown? Uh,
3: yeah, but when you build like Corns, which is a very fast greyhound, you can imagine how fast you. Yeah, and like I don't know, he's Nathan Brown in the best nick. I've probably seen him really in. Mm. In a while, but uh, Nathan Brown, a, a great Bendigo product, and that. Well, you know, I say that because I come out of Bendigo. But uh, he, uh, uh, yeah, I, I just don't know how it's going to go. But there's some, some sort of mouth-watering uh, battles. Like we'll we'll talk before Mitch Robertson and Kane Pedifar. That's going to be absolutely lit.
1: Two absolute mad dogs. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I just mm. I just don't know uh, which I don't know which way to throw that one. I know Cain Pedifar. Um, you know, a good Port Melbourne boy and, the, and the, the boys that get around, you know, the the OGs of Port Melbourne, are, you know, known to um throw a few and throw them well in the boxing ring. So, uh, and Mitch Robinson, of course, you've played with him. Uh, how do you think he would go?
1: Oh, look, Robbo is a man that you don't want to cross, I tell you that much. He's a very friendly guy, but he's just got that crazy look in his eye sometimes, you know. And um, look, I, full credit, I know we've used that a little bit, but full credit to Mitch Robinson. Kane Pettifer has had a couple of pro bouts um, and, and has had been sort of open about his boxing background and his love for boxing. And you're right, um, for Mitch Robinson to jump in in his first ever experience in the ring, um, I think it's a big challenge. I think it's huge from uh, Robbo to put his hand up for this one, you know. he could have started lightly he could have said no no give me dane swan or someone like that but he's jumped straight up to pedifer who isn't necessarily a huge name obviously we all know him being footy nuffies but um, you know it, it's not like a, a celebrity bout or, or whatever that robo's going for here he's sort of fighting someone who can definitely throw him so look one thing about mitch is he's in pristine condition he sort of keeps his body in great shape he was up here playing footy just a few weeks ago and um, yeah I, I obviously that's that's who I hope wins. Um, you know, I'll be a bit biased with this one. He's a good fella, Mitch. So, yeah, my, I'm, I'm really hoping that he can sort of get the job done against Pettifer here. But more, more to the point, I think it's great courage uh, by him for jumping in against against Pettifer. Mind you, Pettifer is in his early 40s now, so um, you know, Mitch is 35, 36 as yeah. well. So they're not spring chickens either of them. But they um, it should be a really good fight this one. I, um, hopefully Robert can get the job done. And then then apart from that, you've got some other fights as well. You have got Anthony Rocker, and Corey McKernan. Um, and then Dane Swanondale thomas How do you reckon those ones are going to go?
3: Well, see, Anthony Anthony Rocker and Corey McKernan are probably around the same age, so you'd probably put that. They should do. They should have done, um, like, class. It's not, not heavyweight or super, you know, all that sort of stuff. They should have done, mm. like, the coffin cheaters. You know, one foot in a, on a banana peel and one in the coffin with you know, Anthony Rocker and Corey McKernan because they're a bit older. Kane Corns, oh. Nathan Brown, that would be the, the greyhound thing. But then Dane Tho- Dane Dale thomas would be... Well, I see. This, was, this is the one that's going to interest me because that, that might be a bit more WWF sort of vibe because, mm. you know, they're, you know, they're ex teammates at the Pies. Um, they're both, you know, they both love to have a bit of a party. Uh, you don't think that they'd be taking it too serious. Where I think the others, well, especially Robinson and Pettifer will, will be serious. Anthony, Rock, and McKernan might be a bit lighthearted. Corns and Brown will both have, you know, uh, both have points to prove in the ring. But then this Dane Swan and Dale Thomas one will be, a, you'd think, a bit more
1: WWF style. You would think so. Um, it's an interesting one, that Like, Dane Swan probably passes the eye test a little more than than Dale Thomas when it comes to hopping in the ring but Daisy must, you know, he would have known Dane Swan very, very well over many years playing alongside of him so he must have looked at him and thought, you know what, no, I can take this bloke. You know, everyone sort of, there's a bit of a hierarchy at footy clubs. There's blokes you look at, not that you're thinking about who you can beat in a fight or anything like that but it's an interesting (laughs) one there. Thomas must, he must be uh, quietly confident to put his hand up to get in the ring against Dane Swan Um, and Corey McKernan I was just looking up him, he must be a very competitive guy. He's 50. He's 50. I don't. I couldn't imagine being 50 years old, waking up and thinking, you know what? I'm gonna, for the first time in my life, I'm gonna hop in the ring here and have a fight. Like yeah. to make your your pro debut or, or whatever we're calling this, your exhibition debut as a 50 year old. That's that that interests me, Nico.
3: Nah, no, no, not on my watch. I can't think of anything worse than doing something like this. And someone that's uh, that's copped a few in in his time, there is nothing worse than getting punched in the face. And you couldn't pay me enough to get in a ring and and. and uh, do it. And, mate, hats off to you. And uh, to be honest, I didn't know you did uh, your zero on one. Hmm. Was that all up in the top end?
1: Yeah, so I had osteitis pubis as a young fella in between footy seasons. Um, I was 18, um, obviously wanted to do a sport that didn't involve a lot of running, which obviously, silly me, because there's heaps of skipping and running (laughs) in boxing. But, yeah, no, I did that. I've always had an interest in it. I've always um, liked... MMA. Of when I got kicked in the head with one of my concussions, I was doing MMA training. I've done a bit of jujitsu and stuff like that. Um, by no means do I think I'm a big tough street fighter or anything like that. I haven't been in a street fight in my life, um, not even in primary school. So uh, it was always something that I wanted to try. Um, and the thing that I got a lot out of it was going to boxing training and how accommodating and how welcoming everyone was. I thought that it was going to be a macho environment where you could never say, hey, I'm a little bit worried hopping in the ring here. I'm a little bit scared or I'm a little bit unsure if I'll win against this guy. I thought you just had to put on a brave front it was all going to be like Conor McGregor, you know, and it, it was all going to be like that. And everyone was walking around, but no, nah, it's a complete opposite. Um, so yeah, no, I hopped in there. I was I'm pretty proud of how when I was 18, I was against a 30 year old who'd already had a couple of fights and it was competitive. It wasn't, um, there was like a split decision or something like that, but yeah, ended up with the loss, um, tried to chase him down to Catherine to fight him yeah, in the ring. Of course, a couple of months later, a month <laughs> or two later, got land um, but we headed down? Yeah,
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, but, um, but that didn't eventuate. So yeah, unfortunately the footy season Rolled around, and I forgot about it all, and I always thought, now nah, I'll, I'll, I'll even the ledger and hopefully go one on one." But yeah, I don't know, mate. My perspective's changed a little bit, and I'm a little bit older now, and a little bit more, um, more crooked in the head. So, <laughs> we'll see how we go. I don't think I could get through, get through the training. Let alone the fight.
3: Nah, fair enough, mate. Well, let's just have a quick break, and we'll return with Tash Medbury to talk all things footy this weekend in on uh, Top End SEM. Oh, no, no.
0: You're listening to Fridays at the Top End with Jackson Clark and Raf Clark for breakfast. Powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and land pride attachments. You're listening to Fridays at the Top End with Jackson Clark and Raf Clark for breakfast. Powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors and land pride attachments.
3: Fridays in the Top End, Nico Raleigh and Jackson Clark. And joining us on the phone is Natasha Medbury. G'day, Tash. Uh, maybe we don't have Tash. Uh, no, I don't think we do. Uh, anyway, Jacko, you're there.
1: I am. Uh, <laughs> hopefully we can grab Tash because – some very, very interesting rounds – sorry, some very interesting games coming up in the Men's Premier League. And Tash just always gives great insight when we chat to her. So, fingers crossed we can get her on the line. Obviously, it all starts at 4.15 tomorrow between Waratah and Southern Districts, an elimination semi-final. Um, this is – we spoke to Shannon Rusker, the Southern Districts coach, earlier. And sounds like the Crocs boys are primed and ready to go. But this is a grand final rematch. So, it's not just about this year. There's a little bit of pride on the line. And, you know, after – the Tars' victory last year. I'm sure the Crocs would love nothing more than to send them packing this year. So that'll be a great contest. Um, Jaden Magro, a noticeable absentee last week, but has been named. So very interesting to see Where that one goes, uh, Magro was named uh, to to return after not playing last week. Anthony Mankara booted three goals last week, the former Bombers rookie, and has a good record against the Crocs this season, having posted a six-goal best-on-ground performance during the Warriors' huge win in round one. you there, Tash? Kirby was... Sorry. Yeah,
5: I'm here. Oh, there
3: we go. We've got it. (laughs)
5: I'm back. I'm back. Jeez.
1: Hey, Tash, how are you? It's uh, Jacko here again. Good to join you. I just went on a uh, two-minute monologue here, talking about getting all emotional, talking about how good the NTFL finals were going to be this weekend. But uh, Nico's cut me off, and and, and rightly so. So we've got you on the line now. Uh, Two really big games tomorrow, Tash. We were just talking about the Waratah and Southern Districts one. We just spoke to Crocs coach Shannon Rusker about how his team's looking, and they've won five of the last six games uh, leading into this round. So they're in good form, the Crocs, despite that loss uh, recently that they had. Look, where do you think this one's going to go?
5: Yeah, it's going to go down to the wire. It was a great game as well uh, last week, but... Just looking at the Tars side, I heard you just mentioned Mankara. He's not actually named in the... Uh, we know the mm. team sheets can change, but he's not named, which is a, um, a massive out considering he kicked the three goals last week and was a really focal point down the forward line. But you spoke about Magro coming back in. I just think that, you know, looking at Crocs in the midfield, Anderson, Bolton, and Johnson had an absolute blinder, and then you got Brander up forward. I just think, you know, m- matching against Tars, probably in that, that midfield is just a, a bit stronger there and... I can't wait to see the ruck duel of last year's grand finalists of uh, Matty Dennis up against Kirby, of course, with Ryan chopping out in there. Now, Matty Dennis isn't quite fully fit with the injuries he's carried this season. Looked to, you know, wasn't at his running best last week, but it's slowly getting back into the uh, the game. And I just think that he's a, you know, last year's Taney medalist is a, is a big, um, a big key in that midfield of getting the ball down to the likes of Anderson and Bolton and Johnson.
1: 100%, Tash. And while we're talking about team selection, and that shook me. I've just gone and had a look at the team list. And if we're looking at the emergencies, right, so at the Waratah emergency list, you have Joel Crocker, Scott Carlin, Ryan Clark, Anthony Mankara, as you mentioned, Joel Hillis, Will Collis, and then if you look at Southern District's emergencies, you've got Ronald Fijo and Jai Bolton and players like that. You wouldn't think it'd be too difficult, Tash, for teams to just name their actual actual team. I mean, coaches get the team lists 45 minutes or 90 minutes before the game anyway, so there's enough time to make those last-minute preparations, but that's always bewildered me, and it's been a pet hate uh, at the SEN desk when Robbie Hale and I have been talking about it, so interesting, that one, but look, you're right, Tasha, either way, these teams are going to go in locked and loaded, and uh, that midfield brigade, as you mentioned, Bolton, and Anderson, uh, so damaging. And then Tars. I think the player for me, Tash, is that slipped under the radar is Lachlan Cassidy. He's won a couple of league medals or at least one league medal in the Ballarat competition and seems to play well all the time for Waratah. Um, a very good footballer and, and they've got so much depth throughout that midfield, you know, your Brodie Carrolls and Ryan Clarks and players like that too. But I said earlier in the show, and, and, and thanks for reiterating, I think the rack battle is just so intriguing tomorrow night, isn't it, between Kirby and then that partnership of White, Ryan and Matt Dennis. So um, it could be an Interesting forward line battle too. Jared Brand has been in good form all season, and and you know the question marks surrounding whether Jaden Magro will be fit and ready to play uh, also remain. So, Tasha, I'm excited about this one. Which way do you think it's going to go?
5: Oh, I think it's just a, I'm going slightly with the Crocs there in a in a tight one, but also another man in Waratahs. I think this season it's been you know an unsung hero, Joe Sullivan. Jack O'Sullivan, the swing man, can go back oh, or yeah. forward. And I think he's a dark horse as well because he's very hard to match up on, very strong and very skillful. I think he, he falls under the radar of a lot of opposition coaches and I just think, you know, if they need him down back he, you know, usually starts there, but he can go up forward and, and snag a few goals as well. But I'm tipping Crocs in a in a close on within, you know, probably a goal or two.
1: Yeah, I'm sort of leaning the same way, Tash, but you're right. Jacko Sullivan's an absolute star. I think he's one of the most underrated players in the competition. He can dominate a game, not just, you know, play well or impact, but he can dominate a game from the forward line or the back line. So a very, very good player there. Hey, the late game is St. Mary's versus Nike with the winning team earning a spot in this season's grand final. So plenty up for grabs here. This is another really interesting game too. I think on the surface, it seems like St. Mary's should enter as favourites. They've finished as the minor premiers. They've had the week off. But if you look at the head-to-head form between these two teams, Nycliffe have had the wood in recent years and, and particularly this year. They're two wins to zero. Um, they're in pretty good form. Last week, it was a shaky start. They only kicked four goals to three-quarter time, but then stormed home late with five goals in the last quarter to sort of pinch it from Waratah in a, in a thriller last week in the qualifying final. Brody Philos in great form, 28 disposals. Cameron Islett was named in the best players last week. Of course, he has a long and decorated history with the Samaris Football Club, so he'll come out firing this week. And some of their sort of, not lesser known, but some of the recruits that perhaps haven't been completely pumped up by the media this year, but your Lachlan Tardrew and Cody Zeust and players like that, they're also in very good form. Liam Wale Buxton in the Ruck should give them first use. And an interesting one too, Tash, is the return of Jonathan Lanyon. So he hasn't played Premier League since October, and he, he starred for Banks last year alongside Wale Buxton, coincidentally enough, um, and Crossman, who was the coach, but but he was a surprise return last week and had an equal game-high five tackles against Waratah. So he'll add plenty of grunt around the contest and sort of free up your Philo types a little bit more. Saints, as we know, Tash, they've got a very good team and, and a lot of that comes down to that midfield brigade with Joel Garner, uh, Nate Paredes, and especially Dylan Lant, who, in my opinion, is probably the best player in the competition. Um, but he was held to just 10 disposals in the game against the Darwin Buffalos. So, I mean, it'd be interesting to see whether Nycliffe stick, mm-hmm. I think, Rinaldi, who has a great job tagging Lant, whether they do that to try and nullify him. Um, it, it's just so many little battles within a battle uh, in this game, isn't it, Tash?
5: Oh, 100%. And, and you're right. I, I mean, I think. They say the the time of the tag has sort of gone out of the comp, but you shut someone down like Dylan Lance to 10 possessions and you can nearly just about get over the top of a team like St. Mary's. They've got other players, of course, that can pop up, but he's so vital to them going forward and a goal-kicking midfield that if you can shut down his influence, you know, you you are going close to them getting on top because he's just the barometer of that team. And with Tigers... Gone under the radar a lot this season, and also through finals. So to, to get where they are, you know, they'll be happy to stay as underdogs and and go into that mm-hmm. um con- into this weekend's contest as the underdogs. But like you said, they've won both games against St Mary's. So St Mary's would be very nervous. But you know, halftime, I there's was, was a couple of people saying, "Oh no, Tigers are yeah. gone." I said, "There's one team that can score very quickly." And it's the Tigers. So if they're four or five goals yeah, down, I agree. You know, Tash. Uh, Sorry, we need
1: to cut to, to a break, but I agree. It's going to be an absolutely intriguing contest for this one. So make sure we get down to this one.
5: All right. So no worries, mate. Have a good one.
0: Plenty more to come. You're listening to Fridays at the Top End with Jackson Clark and Raf Clark for breakfast, powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors and land pride attachments. You're listening to Fridays at the Top End with Jackson Clark and Raf Clark for breakfast, powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors and land pride attachments.
1: Raf Clark out,
3: Nico rolling in. But uh, well, we've had a pretty big uh, first hour and a half, Jacko, haven't we?
1: We have a great chat with Shannon Rusco, who has a big game tomorrow night, uh, and Tash Medbury joined us as well, which was a great insight into all this weekend's games. Mate, it should be a beauty weekend.
3: Oh, absolutely, mate. We've got a big half an hour coming to uh, Andrew O'Toole from uh, Top End Racing, he'll be joining us. There's racing happening in Darwin today, and Alice Springs, of course, tomorrow. There's plenty happening right across the Top End this weekend of sport. And uh, a big thanks to Tash Medbury for joining us. You can catch that game on 11.16 Top End tomorrow on the app on 16.11. Uh, but for now, we'll check in with the newsroom and be back very soon.
4: Morning Jews with SEN News. Calls are growing for the ASIO boss to name the former politician who allegedly sold out on Australia to a foreign spy ring. The opposition, Susan Lee has told Seven all this speculation needs to be put to rest. He does need to clear this up. It does cast this cloud over every single former politician and we need information. The government says it's a national security issue. A vigil has been held overnight for Celeste Marno, the young Melbourne woman murdered by a serial stalker. He has failed to get a life sentence, leaving her family devastated. Seven reporter Hope Wilson says Celeste was attacked in her own house. In November 2020, he broke into her murder home and stabbed her to death. It was Celeste's mother who found her covered in blood. Louie Seiko will be eligible for parole in 2050. Celeste's family is still finding For better protection of stalking victims. A silent vigil is being held in Sydney tonight for Jesse Baird and Luke Davies, bringing together grieving family, friends, and community members. It comes as new CCTV vision shows their accused murderer, Beau Lamar Condon, buying surfboard bags before and after the murders. More disruptions for regional airline passengers with pilot strikes over and conditions. It's the first day of autumn, but don't expect much reprieve just yet. The bomb forecasting temperatures to be above average for the season. And Prince William says he and Princess Catherine are extremely concerned about the current rise in anti-Semitism. SEN.com.au Sport is next. The Socceroos have been given an extra leg up in their World Cup qualification campaign with their away clash with Lebanon moved to Canberra. The Lebanese Football Federation has been unable to gain clearance from the AFC to host games on home soil due to the Middle East conflict. And Neil Medvedev and Andre Rublev could face a potential rematch for the Dubai Championships title after the Russian friends won their quarterfinals. Checking the NT forecast, possible storms with heavy falls for Alice Springs, a top of 31 degrees. Darwin has showers, a possible storm with a top of 33. And the first test between Australia and New Zealand in Wellington continues today, live from 8.30am on your home of cricket, SEN.
0: Live on 16 11 a.m. SEN Top End and the SEN app. Welcome to Fridays at the Top End with Jackson Clark and Raff Clark for breakfast, powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and land pride attachments.
1: Welcome back to SEN Fridays in the Top End, 16 11 a.m. Breakfast powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and land pride attachments. We are hoping to be joined this morning by one of the St Mary's Women's Premier League star players, in Gemma Iacono. Gemma, are you there this morning?
6: Yes, Jacko.
1: Can you hear me? I can. I can. Hey, Gemma. Look, I learned my lessons. I'm a guy that can learn from my mistakes. And I was going to call you a veteran, but I heard when I referred to you as a veteran a few weeks ago in an article that that it didn't go down real well. Was I was I out of line there? Ah,
6: uh, yeah, I think so. I'm not. I'm not that old. <laughs>
1: Look, well, you're about my age. I feel I feel old. I feel like, really, I feel about five years older than what I am. But um, I'm not talking about your age, Gemma. It's more about your experience and all that you've done for NT football. You've done a lot for a long, long time here. And, and look, we'll talk currently about the season ahead because you have a massive game tomorrow afternoon uh, against Pint. It is the match of the season so far. I, I called it last time and, and then it resulted in a draw. But I said earlier that I think it's a two-horse race and, and you've got to be careful making statements like that, but Pint and St. Mary's have been the two best teams uh, in this competition this year, but the, the Queen Ants, they have not lost in over a season, so you're going to have to find a chink in their armour, so to speak. Where do you see a weakness in that Pint team?
6: Um, well, I think going back on last game, because it was so wet, um, it was just a scrap. It could have been anyone's game, and then it resulted in the draw, but I feel like if it's going to be dry, um, our run and our spread is um, and just the talent that we've got and the depth, I think that's just going to help us get
1: over the line this weekend. 100%. I think the talent is undeniable at St Mary's. We've had Rick Nolan across the desk here, and he is very open in saying that St Mary's are a more talented team. So uh, obviously you'd be hoping for everyone to fire and and then get the job done that way. Janet Baird has been a great inclusion. Uh, What has she brought to the team?
6: Oh, she has been amazing, especially like that centre-half back role. She's able to not only, you know, take those intercept marks, but she's like a general down there along with um, Nikita Long and Barbara Ilet, like that experience and that depth. But Janet just injects that AFLW experience um, and just her knowledge and she's able to just, you know, see the ship from the back line and it's been really good having her on board this year.
1: 100% and obviously you'll need that back line to fire to stop players like Steph Lawrence and, and the dangerous forward line that the Queen Ants have. Um, look, the best player on the ground tomorrow, if we're not talking about Jasmine Hewitt, obviously she puts her hand up too, but Danielle Ponta easily the most credentialed player on the ground tomorrow. She is an AFLW star and not only that, I spoke to her last year and she said that an and TFL Premiership with St Mary's would mean just as much as what an AFLW Premiership would mean. So she'll be ready to go. It's not like, say, in, you know, the men's Premier League sometimes where they fly in an ex-AFL player and you don't know if their heart's fully in it. We know that Danielle Ponta will do anything uh, she can to get Saints over the line. So it must be fantastic playing with a player of the caliber of Danielle Ponta.
6: Yeah. Uh, playing alongside Danielle, it's amazing. She just goes about her business. No fuss. Um, she just gets the job done. She's so humble. She's probably hating the fact that we're talking about her right now. But, um, yeah, she just brings a whole, you know, that St. Mary's, the, just the drive, I guess, and everyone wants to win and everyone wants to push for her as well. It's not every day that you get an AFLW player of that calibre to come in and play local footy and back at their home club. So everyone's, you know, really rallying around that as well.
1: 100% and Gemma you have had a terrific career in the NTFL for a long time now started at the double blues and you are champion of the Buffetts. Um even even though you're a Saints player now you'll always be a champion Buffets player uh, how have you found your form this season how's the body holding up there were a few injuries earlier in the year uh, if I'm not mistaken but how, how have you found your form especially post-Christmas?
6: Um, well, I had a season in Cairns um, in the off-season. That was really good, and I enjoyed that a lot. And I had Jacob Andre. Um, I was doing his footy-fit program, um, so doing that strength and conditioning, which was awesome, and he tailored it um, to me um, playing as well, and but also having a pre-season. Um, and then, yeah, in the... Earlier on in the season, I torn two ligaments in my ankle. So my physio, Phil, who's a part of St. Mary's, he was really good and got me back on the track. But, yeah, just making sure that I'm doing all the right things Um, at St. been Training very, very hard and recovering and making sure we're doing all the right things. So, yeah.
1: Very good. It sounds like you've got a team of people. You're like LeBron James. You've got my physio, my my trainer, this and that. (laughs) I love it, Gemma. Hey, look, it's an interesting game. Yeah, it's an interesting game. Uh, before your one, you won't be able to watch a lot of it because you'll be going through your own preparations. But um, and it can be an awkward topic for people to talk about. But what's your take on the nycliffe Waratah game before that? You had a first-hand look at Nycliffe last week, and I thought they were competitive earlier on. Um, but then Waratah come with a lot of form as well. So had that sort of shaky end of the season, but then a hundred and three point win uh, last week. And and a type of team from what I gather, talking to Rick Nolan, that when they've got all their players available and, and flying up and all that sort of stuff, um, they can be as good as any team just about in the competition. So where do you see the Waratah Nightcliff game going?
6: Uh, I think Waratah, with their full-strength team, they'll probably beat Nightcliff. Um, the likes of Steph O'Brien, she mm. is an amazing player and they've got her back in um, Alicia Healy. She's another quality player. Um, and Aggie Singh, she's back in the team. So she's alive wide down the, down the forward line. She's really hard to stop when she's on. Um, I just think that they have more depth and experience. However, Nightcliff, like, credit to them, they've worked so hard over the past few years, like Shannon Miller really pushing that program and done all the work then. Um, but yeah, they have some quality players as well, but I feel like Waradcar is just going to get the better of them tomorrow.
1: Yeah, fair enough. Hey, good luck, Gemma. Uh, I think it's going to be an absolutely amazing contest whichever way this game goes tomorrow. And, and, and as, as I said, I, I'm a big believer that it's a two-horse race in the Women's Premier League competition. And, and regardless of how it goes, it's going to be a grand final preview anyway. So good luck tomorrow. Uh, prepare well.
6: Thank you. Thanks, Jacko. Thanks, Nick.
1: That was Gemma Iacono, who is the star player in the St. Mary's Women's Premier League team. Former Darwin Buffett's player, so as a Buffs man, it was disappointing to lose her. And also, Takisa Hale, formerly Takisa Doherty-Cole, who has missed a lot of the season, well, the whole season, really, with a knee injury. So, um, look, I think that it's going to be an a very entertaining game of football. And Nico, I think we have you back. It's It sort of pays testament to the how much the football has improved in, in the women's, not just Australia-wide, but particularly in the Northern Territory Football League. The final last year between St. Mary's and Pint, I think it was a prelim final, was one of the most exciting games of football I've seen in a long, long time. Um, and, and the thing, too, is that the atmosphere in these games, the crowd support and, and how vocal everyone is, it's, it's just outstanding.
3: Oh, mate, you're, right. you're absolutely correct. And there's... Uh... As um, as Jem just uh, alluded to, you know, having Danielle Ponte come and play for St Mary's, I mean, I don't know, maybe I've got my Danielle Ponte glasses on, but I, I think she's one of the best in the AFLW by country mile and uh, she's mm. got that real X factor about her. But to have her come up and play for a home club and to have some of those, you know, the young girls around her, getting the opportunity to not only train beside, but also play alongside one of the greats of AFLW, would you know would do absolute wonders for for te- women football especially in the in the top end
1: well 100% i think it's a huge luxury and something that we need to make the most of because i can't see this continuing you know into the future as the aflw becomes more and more professional and the contracts get bigger and bigger i can't see AFL clubs allowing star players like Daniel Ponta to play for their junior team, and and this is not you know pouring water over it all or being being a dampener here, but I just I think that's just a reality of the AFL business. I mean, it'd be amazing if Southern Districts could slot Stephen May in centre half forward yeah. or centre half back this weekend, <laughs> or you know you have Daniel Rioli running around off the half back flank for St Mary's. So um, yeah, that that's that is the reality though at the moment with um, the St Mary's Women's Premier League team. They've literally got you know a top top ten player in the AFLW and, and at her best, maybe one of the, the most talented players in, in Australia um, that will play and, and line up in a screen and goal jumper this week. So, yeah, that's that's exceptional stuff. It'd be great to see if we can get Danielle over the coming weeks to yeah, we will. Just sort of talk about that because she um, – Generously gave her time around about this time last year and spoke about what it meant to her and um, yeah it was great to hear her sort of pour out how much passion she has for the St Mary's Football Club. Obviously she's a um, she's a long and she's also her father Shane Ponter is a six-time Premiership player at the club and and Danielle would love nothing more than to have a Premiership medal around her neck as well. So yeah it's it's a it, it's it's a great situation that we can have players of her caliber up here.
3: It's it's funny I can just imagine it like I know Danielle quite well and I wouldn't be speaking out of turn here but I can imagine when it comes to contract time, you know, with Adelaide Crows and, the, you know, getting all the contracts done and then this little clause down the bottom saying uh, able to play for St. Mary's Bruss, because she just said <laughs> <Bruss play. laughs> you, know, you can imagine getting it done, but he uh, said, I mean, there's there's not, I don't think there would be anyone else in the country like it, really because, I mean, NTFL uh, is playing at, you know, this time of year there's no other, there's no other comp playing and so, so there was no, there's no real AFL, other AFLW players that would be able to play in their off season where like Daniel Ponta, there's nothing screams pre-season like playing in the
1: top end. I'll just say that. A hundred percent. And just as a bit of a sidetrack thing, and I won't take too long here, but I've always thought the NTFL, and I think I've had this conversation with you or with Rick Nolan recently, I've always thought the NTFL could be used as a development competition for some players. Like for example, Richmond have got a guy as a category B rookie that's played five games of football in his life, I believe. He's an NBL player. Um, why can't someone like him run around for four or five games for the Tiwi Bombers or something like that? Um, you know, with, with close eyes on him and, and management, and, hey, you're only playing three quarters, and you're only doing this, and you're only doing that. I get that, you know, we have to be carefully managed. But some of these Category B rookies aren't on huge money. They're not being they're not on $500,000 contracts or anything like that. So I, I'm surprised, or not surprised, but I think it would be a good idea that, you know, some a speculative pole 210 centimeter ruckman that gets drafted pick 50 in the rookie pick you know get someone like him to play a few more games up in the territory just to work on a few things and stuff like that i've always been a big believer that something like that could work
3: well mate you've not far like we're talking and i was having this conversation not that long ago can you imagine so imagine so like a top 20 player gets oh you know gets drafted and it's say he's a ruckman or whatever right and he's he's not gonna get he's not gonna get game time because I don't know there's Sammy there's uh, big Sam Draper in the way. Mm. Uh, no one's gonna take his spot. This kid's gonna sit there, sort of like a bit like Nick Bryan for Essendon. Let's use that as an example. High, high draft pick, sort of just been sitting there developing over time, developing over time. Why not do something like you just? said? I mean, like that's that's one, you know, for someone that was at a high draft pick. But say Essendon could say to North Melbourne, all right. We've got this kid. We're not going to be able to get AFL games into him, which we want to. You can borrow him for a year, and if you mm. want to play, if you don't have a ruckman, you can play him, and then Essendon get rewarded in return for doing that. For giving another club something from the AFL, say it's a pick down in the you know the the lower end of the the draft. But this just keeps developing kids, uh, like we, the old loan can, system. Like, yeah, yeah,
1: no, I don't mind it. I think you're an ideas man, Nico. But, yeah, I think that the more and more we draw upon sports from overseas, you know, we have a mid-season trade period now, not mid-season trade period, but the mid-season draft. Um, that'll probably turn into a mid-season trade period eventually, I imagine, Nico. Um, and, and I think, you know, our sport will more fall in line with what uh, sports like the EPL and the NBA and, and things like that do. So I certainly wouldn't be surprised if we see players being loaned out, for lack of a better term, uh, in moving into the future.
3: Yeah, absolutely, mate. Well, uh, we better we better wrap it up. At, well, you better wrap it up at your end because you've got to shoot off to work, don't you? One
1: hundred percent, mate. I um, I do. I need to sign off here. So, big that work at the Walagi Primary School. But uh, what have you got on? So, obviously, having a casual chat here. But what have you got on for the weekend,
3: uh, mate? I uh, what am I doing? I'm doing a bit of uh, just floating around the house. I'll be watching uh, Essendon and Geelong tonight, uh, which we didn't didn't really get to talk about the, the practice game. So we've got uh, we got round zero next week. So that's something, oh, yes. will We'll have a fair bit up our sleeve. Might even try and get a uh, AFL play on next week. We'll just see if what we can sort of wrangle in the meantime. But not a lot, mate. But uh, we better get to a break. So I've got to get Andrew O'Toole on the other side of this break. But, mate, Sounds as, good, mate, as always, great work by you today. And we'll see you next week.
1: That's a pleasure. See you later, guys.
3: Stick around here on SEN Top End.
0: You're listening to Fridays at the Top End with Jackson Clark and Raf Clark for breakfast. Powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and land pride attachments. You're listening to Fridays at the Top End with Jackson Clark and Raf Clark for breakfast, powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors and land pride attachments. Fridays
3: in the Top End uh, with Nico Riley. Jackson Clark is Gonski. Raphael Clark is on the back of a milk carton. Who knows where uh, that great man is. But uh, if you want to listen to anything from today, the full show and interviews, they'll be available on Spotify, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Little. Later on today, and of course, it's uh, Friday's in the top end, all thanks to Kubota. Uh, take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and land pride attachments. Uh, we've had a big show today, and there's uh, no greater guest that we've had on today than the great man, Andrew O'Toole from NT Racing. G'day, Andrew. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, Nick. How are you? Yeah, very well. Thanks, mate. The, um, I actually, last weekend, I was working with the SEN Trackside boys, and uh, one thing I like about Darwin Racing, it's or, you know, the top end racing—it's you know—it's pretty—it's pretty easy to follow, and there's uh, not a lot of uh, there's not the pools like there is down here with the horses. But I had I followed your quaddy and I think I got knocked out in the uh, second leg or something at Alice Springs on Saturday. Yes, uh, I, I hadn't
7: that, been going bad. Was that Danaher? I got, got me. A- you got me on a yeah. He went. He was only ordinary. You got me was, on a yeah. You got me on a bad week, unfortunately. Yeah. Well <laughs> so I have to try harder this week.
3: Well, we've got plenty. We, well, we can we can make it back up, of course. Today, starting in in Darwin, what's happening at the Darwin Turf Club today?
7: Yeah, five race cards today. Yeah, uh, two or three smaller fields uh, today, which is not unusual at this time of the year when Alice Springs is sort of in full swing as they head towards their carnival, which gets underway in a fortnight's time. Um, but a couple of winners in Darwin today. I think race one number two bonds pride. Um, he should be winning. He's won his last three. He looks a pretty smart uh, conveyance for Jason Manning and Vanessa Rana. I think he's around the $2.30 mark when I last mm. looked. So race one, number two, Bonds Pride. Uh, and then if we go to race four, uh, number one, Mr. Havichat, he looks probably the best bet on the program. He's around $1.90, which I didn't think was bad value. Um, his last start, which was his first start in Darwin, he finished second in a benchmark 76 mm. to our magnificence. He's dropping back three grades to this 0-64 uh, to 64. He's got four arrivals. Uh, he's got the services of Jade Hampson. And uh, I think it would be very hard to beat. Race four, number one, Mr. Havachat. Uh,
3: huge day of racing, of course, continues down in Alice Springs tomorrow.
7: Yeah, good meeting in Alice. Uh, seven races. We divided the class to uh, 1,100 down there. So that gave uh, the meeting seven races. And, uh, of course, as I mentioned earlier, their first day of the carnivals uh, in just over two weeks on the 17th. Sunday the 17th, so St. Paddy's Day, so be a great day to get down to the red centre and get stuck into the carnival there. Uh, I can see two or three on a, a tricky little card. Uh, race one, number one, excuses, excuses. Racing so well for Lisa Whittle. Uh, Jay Doyle visits from South Australia, claims the three kilos, takes the mount here. He um, hasn't put a foot wrong since joining Lisa's stable about um, half a dozen runs ago. And I think he'll continue on with his winning way. Race one, number one, excuses, excuses. If we go to race three, a uh, number five protostar I like here for Terry Gillette and senior rider Stan Sakos Only had the one start in the red centre and finished third here a fortnight ago. That was a good run. Uh, should be improved by that first up run on the track. This doesn't look um, the strongest of the two heats of the class two. So I think um, race three, number five, protostar can get the chocolates. And if we go then to race six, and I think my best bet of the day in the red centre, number three, Century Fox, Dick Leach, uh, of course, Carried all before him in the Red Centre last year with uh, Write Your Name. Uh, and uh, this horse won the guineas down there at this time last year. Uh, he's a four-year-old now. Jade Hampson takes the mount, claims a kilo and a half, so he gets in really well with 54 and a half kgs. He only had the one start back this campaign um, and finished fifth. He'll be much improved uh, getting up to this trip of 1,400 metres. I think he'll take plenty of beating. Race six, number three.
3: Century Fox. And uh, beautiful work by you, mate. Just before we let you go quickly, I went up to um, Alice Springs in, uh, when was that, in November and went to a race meeting, and I was doing a bit of work for Sportsbet at the time, and I interviewed a jockey, and he was just about to turn 60. Now, his name, I can't remember his name. Do you know who I'm talking about? He would have turned 60 in a bit. Yeah, Paul
7: Denton. Paul
3: Denton. What was his nickname? Dash. Dash. That's right. What an absolute yeah. king that man was. He is unbelievable. Yeah. The, the, the thing I loved about Dash, he got off a ride, he goes, you ready for an interview, Nico? I went, absolutely, mate. And he's in the in the white pants and the white singlet and that, you know, and then he just lit up a dart and just let rip.
7: Uh, he's a, he's an absolute champion. <laughs> he's uh, been, in, been in the territory for many, 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 many years, has Dash. And, uh, Still riding winners. He rode a winner last week in uh, in Alice Springs. Uh, rode venting to win the last. Uh, so he's uh, still very, very much a uh, large part of the industry and the territory. Great, great bloke.
3: My word is Andrew O'Toole. Thanks for joining us, mate. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, mate. All the best. Andrew O'Toole there from Top End Racing. Of course, NT Thoroughbred Racing. It's simply the best racing entertainment in the industry. Wow, wee, what a show has uh, just come and gone. Just like that. And it's uh we had an excellent chat with uh Shannon Ruska, Jem Icono. We didn't get Daryl White on this week, but uh we'll endeavor to get him on next week, the great man. He he did promise me yesterday that he was going to be on, but uh, well, you know. Promises fall through from time to time. Thanks, Daryl. He'll be tuning into at home too. So cop that, Daryl. Uh Tash Medbury, of course, previewing the game tomorrow, which is going to be an absolute cracker. Uh, everyone's going to have an absolute Wild time tomorrow at the footy this weekend. Uh, some unbelievable games going to happen. I can't wait to see St. Mary's and Nightcliff go toe-to-toe. That's if I just bring these these games up. So, yeah, St. Mary's-Nightcliff tomorrow from 6.45. Waratah take on Southern District's men. That is the first game, 4.15, of course, as I just said. St. Mary's and the Nightcliff Tigers at 6.45 at TIO. But you can listen to Waratah and the Crocs right here on SEN Top End. Tune into the app. And uh, just give that a bit of a nuzzle, for your uh, wrap your laughing gear around that. Uh, and uh, if you've missed out on anything, or if you want to catch up, of course you can do so. As I just bring up my uh, trusty run sheet to see where you can do that. Full shows and interviews are available on Spotify as well as Apple Podcast. Under just have a look there for Fridays in the top end. Shannon Rusker, thank you. Daryl White, no show. Tash Medbury. Gemma Icono, Andrew O'Toole, of course. We had a good show. Jackson Clark will be back next week. Will Raphael Clark be there? Who in the heck would know? Listen to SEN Top End. We'll see you next time.